This is Life Origami. This is Greg Dixon. And Amy Dixon. And today we're here to talk to you to continue our conversation around transitions. Specifically today, we're going to try to broach it from a broader base perspective because there's lots of times in our life that we need to navigate transition need to need to navigate the gap we in the past shows this week Amy we talked about the gap that happens somewhere between where we are and where we want to be and when there's major things that happen in our lives uh, but this there the this gap can best I think be described best be described as kind of feeling caught sort of in between and and in between means we're not quite where we want to be and I think there's all these kind of feelings that are um, coming to surface and they may be coming at us from all different directions and so we may feel um, be maybe um, confused right so there's a sense of confusion we're kind of caught in between because we're not where we want to be we're confused why we're perhaps we're not where we want to be. We're not experiencing all that. Sometimes we don't even know where we want to be. You know, they, we just know that there's something different out there for us. Um, or we want there to be something out there that's different for us. Because we want a different experience. Sometimes we know what it is, but it's kind of vague. Um, we may right. say, well, I want to do more traveling. But... You may be actually wanting something more um, specific, like I just want spontaneity in my life. I want to be around different cultures, different people. Um, that may be more of the experience that you're looking for rather than taking a trip to Cancun or Timbuktu. Right. So what do we want to experience is, what you're, is kind of the question. Is, is the question you're sort of talking around. Because I think that this feeling of, of being caught in between, we don't know... I think you said it well. We don't know what we want. But why is that? And I think part of it is because of something I like to call the paradox of choice. So, for example, try to go to the grocery store to pick out a new breakfast cereal. And you'll be greeted with 50, 60, 80 feet of all different kinds of cereal. All kind of, how do you choose? It's just the paradox is there's so much to choose from. How do you how do you make the choice? Yeah, so, you, you have to kind of know a little bit about what you want. Okay, I want some cereal. Let's start there. Do I want hot cereal or cold cereal? Okay, we're gonna go with cold. Um, do I want something sweet or do I want something with you know roughage and it's gonna make me go to the bathroom? Or do we want somewhere in between? Okay, we want let's say we want something in between. All right, so now we're down to uh, 20 feet <laughs> right. of space to start looking. And then, you know, we go through it. But, the, yeah, there's so much choice coming at us. But when there's that much, I mean, if you have to put out that much energy to pick a bloody cereal, we don't do that. I, I, you know, unless you're really vigilant, unless you have a really high level of awareness around your health and about the fact of what you put into your body, affects you unless you really care we tend to do what i think we tend to fall into autopilot we tend to just do the easy thing 
Well, that's okay. the whole thing about cereal. It's supposed to be easy, right? Well, supposedly. As the example. As an example. I mean, the other thing is go down the pet food aisle. I mean, <laughs> that's even more I'll, I'll never forget a friend of mine brought his family over from uh, Yugoslavia when they were going through the turmoil in Yugoslavia in the 80s. And he took them, he took them to the, we have a store in Canada called the Superstore. Took them to the Superstore and he said they almost spent an entire day in Superstore. They were absolutely amazed at the how much food there was. And they were shocked. There was like a whole aisle, two sides of it, for pets and pet food and pet supplies. And because where they came from, the pets got what was left over. If there's nothing left over, the pets didn't eat. And when, they, when he put them on the plane about six weeks later to go back to Yugoslavia, he said, Brother, we'll be praying for you. We don't know how you're going to endure all the temptation. <laughs> Their words were the temptation for indulgence. It was a very, I thought that was a very interesting insight. And so in the same way, you know, I said, but it, you know, maybe that's an extreme example. But there's so much that we have to choose from, right? Things that we could choose to do, things that we could choose to get involved in. I mean, just try to try to uh, assemble your own news, rather than just take whatever the media, whatever the, your your news TV channel pukes at you every day at six o'clock. Try to curate your own news. How do you? choose what to believe and what to follow i was just thinking about this whole thing about choice choice of um some people get really um panicky mm. about having to make choices right and they get panicky because um they're afraid of missing out yeah right if they if they they feel like the window may close, their window of opportunity. So I've got to, um, I've got to take this now because another window's not going to open again. Right. And so they make these decisions out of panic. Um, they react. They um, are operating um, out of a fear-based. Um, yeah, it's the fear of missing out. Yeah, and so making choices. Sometimes we make rash decisions. Um, and there's so many choices out there, we get confused. And I, you mentioned earlier um, something mm -hmm. about what, uh, um, what was it now? Um, oh, I, well, I, I was just thinking about how other people tell you what to choose. Right. Um, what is appropriate for you to choose and what isn't. And it's all based on maybe their own mindset, what is pertinent to them, their own context of their life. And it yeah. may be all also based on somebody else's life. And the question is, is um, you know, who's going to start thinking in their own head um, and stop that trend of, exactly. of uh, assigning um, choices to one another. So there's that it, paradox it, of choice. Yeah, or just taking whatever's thrown at us. And, yeah. And, and even if you just try to go, okay. That, well, some that, people call that flow, right? Well, I'll just yeah. take what comes at me, serendipity kind of thing. But I just believe that, um, you know, instead of waiting for somebody to bring you flowers, you've got to go plant your own garden. And you need to always, if you want to get a certain effect, you have to stay in cause, you know, cause and effect. So right. it's like you need to, um, this may be going on another tangent, but uh, yeah, I believe in cause and effect. 
Well, that's a, that's a good point. I think it kind of it, it, it really does apply because uh, you know I think part of what we need if we're going to talk about navigating the in between feeling stuck, not knowing what to do, we don't know what we want. It's because we're doing it to ourselves, and if we're the only way out is through cause and effect is to be paying attention to what's working and what's not working and then doing less of what's not working and more of what is working. That sounds really simplistic to say. But when you're in the middle of a, a, a turmoil, it's hard to to think and um, see outside of the hole. Right. You, know, you don't see the light quite yet. So there, this gap that we talk about, um, it's, it's a whole muddle. It's a soup of ambiguity. Where am I going? What do I do to get there? Who am I? It's like this identity yeah. crisis. Absolutely right. Because in see, as as a human being, I think there's a there's a real there's a fundamental core drive that's not talked about law very much, and that is that core drive is to make congruent decisions. And I think it's 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 a given that when we lack quality information or information that we trust or we don't have enough information or we're confused or we're anxious or we're feeling stressed we make we make a decision that we think will be the least costly uh, you know that'll have the least impact on our life so it will we'll make we'll make a decision that on the short term might create less stress but in the long term actually only perhaps even exacerbates the problem so i think part of i mean i think you spoke to it in terms of you know when you're feeling caught and in between you do need to be proactive and kind of implant your own garden but in order but the, in that gardening is a very powerful metaphor you know if we think of our mind because you know to, to get through the transition to get through the gap to get through this awkward, frustrating, angry uh, part of how life throws shit at us and, and makes it makes our lives difficult. We, we can be the victim or we can choose to be proactive. And, and to garden, if we treated our mind like a garden and we were the gardener, you know, are we willing to put the time in to cultivate the garden, to get the garden in good shape so it could be and and to proactively choose the seeds to to uh, uh, germinate the seeds to and tra transplant them and do all that work and cultivate and weed the garden it's a very powerful metaphor for how we need to take care of our mind our self-care and what you're speaking to is in order to get um, something that you want you have to get into action absolutely well you do need to get into action. But then, like we talked about on the previous shows this week, we talked about how there's stuff that gets in the way. You mean roadblocks? The roadblocks. The, our, our thinking. Our stinking thinking. Okay. That we talked about, I think, uh, yesterday. Uh, the whole stinking thinking and how that kind of gets in the way. It creates interference. It's so like we get static. Stuck. We get stuck then. So how right. can you get into action then if you've got this big hurdle in front of you? And again... When we get in that situation, we try to make the least disruptive, least costly, least dangerous, less, least stressful decision. I think comfort zone. People are afraid to go Thank out of their you. comfort zone. 
I think you're right. That is the comfort zone where, and here's the uncomfortable truth, folks. If you're listening to this, the, the reality is you, the growth we want in the gap is always outside the comfort zone. It's not going to feel pretty. It's not going to be comfy and warm and touchy-feely. It's going to, it could be new. It might be exciting and fresh and new, but it's going to be stressful. Because here's the thing, stress and tension are not the enemy. Tension and stress are actually our friend if we can observe it. If we can learn how to manage it and not let it, let it run us I think it tell, it uh, teaches us a lot. When we're having tension, then we may um, be looking at something and we may look at something as an observer and say, no, what is triggering this? What feelings am I feeling and why? What's going on for me? Yeah. Sometimes we can walk around in autopilot and not really be um, aware until we get to a point where there's tension and maybe our body's feeling it and we're like, geez, how come I always got headaches or my stomach has such bad indigestion? What's going on? Why am right. I always sick? Why am I always tired? Why am I always, you know, whatever, uptight? And so you feel this tension happening within you. And yeah. so then tension seeks resolution. Exactly. It has to be resolved like an elastic band. It's going to pull back on it. But that's the good news. As we put more tension, as we lean into the tension, it pulls us forward. As we deal with the tension, it pulls us forward. So when you're in between, you're probably really in the gap. We're really uncomfortable because we're not where the hell we wanted to be at this point in our lives. I like what you say, wanted to be. You know, isn't yeah. it funny how every decade, you know, you hit 20, you hit 30, you hit 40, 50, 60, 70. It's like there's something that happens. This number triggers a feeling like, mm -hmm. have I done enough? Have I done what I wanted to do? How much time do I have left? Um, what am I going to do in the next decade? Um, right. Am I going to do the same thing I did in the last decade? You know, geez, I had hoped at 30 I would do this at 40, and I'm only doing it, you know, at 50. And and. But that's when that's forever. Like when I was when I was 19, I wanted to be 21. When I was 21, <laughs> I wanted to be 25. You know why I wanted to be 25? Because my car insurance rates would go down. I mean, car insurance was a big expense because I had some tickets <laughs> oh. for racing and speeding. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, because uh, I, I remember what a relief it was that my car insurance went down to $1,000 a year when I turned 25. Because huh. I was paying a lot more than that. I was paying like $2,000 a year combination of wow uh, way of, back then it must have been that a lot was of a money. lot of money <laughs> i mean in, in part of it was the short-sightedness as a young person i had really fancy wheels on my car and they got stolen so i claimed it on insurance and it was like you know uh back then it was like a thousand dollar bill to put these wheels on the car well guess what my insurance went up like a thousand dollars the next year hmm. anyway squirrel yeah so what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, gaps and uh, yeah, decades so when you, when of change the, when, and tension. wanted. You're not where you wanted to be. We're, in, we're feeling, the reason you're feeling tension is because you want to grow. The reason you're feeling tension is because you're dissatisfied. You're saying, there's got to be more for me than what I've been experiencing. Excuse me, I got the hiccups. 
there's got to be more for me than what I've been experiencing this point in my life. That tension is natural. That's part of being human. It's part of breathing. You, if, if you're breathing, it's natural to feel tension. There's a tension to breathe. I think when I feel fed up with something, that's when I finally do something about it. You know, yep. but why do we wait to the point where we're fed up, you know, to the point where we're, we're not even thinking straight, we're, we're, you know, going against our own self-integrity and, you know, we get to the <coughs> point where, okay, now I have to make a decision because obviously, you know, this isn't working good and, and you may, you may even wait till you're at a point of crises before you make that right. decision. Because it, it's because we haven't decided. It's about ambiguity. That we know, that we, the ambiguity, the ambivalence, mm -hmm. the, you know, the, you know, but we haven't decided to give ourselves permission to actually, um, uh, to actually decide and choose uh, what we want. I think also um, uh, we're stuck in this weighing out process. There's many yeah. ways that we try to make decisions and it can be um, a roadblock. It can be, we can end up having an affair, an emotional affair with our ambiguity. It's like we do this pros and con thing, right? Pros that I should do this, cons that I shouldn't do that. And you keep weighing it out and your list gets long on one side, then your list gets long on the other side and you just, it's endless. Um, one example is uh, when you want to leave an abusive relationship. Right. Um, you know, there's the con and the pros. You know, is it too good to leave? Is it too bad to stay? And the it was kind of in, it's kind of interesting. Um, mm. Some people think that you need more than one deal breaker, one serious right. deal breaker. I mean, before you could make that decision, and it's got a lot to do with what's going on in your head. You know, do you, but that but that's a comfort what zone. What are you rights? What are my rights? You know, to do. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to put up with the abuse, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, where we're in the community. You don't have to put up with it. But the reason we put up with it is because we've grown accustomed to it. We get comfortable in it. On, and as as strange as that might sound. Well, it's part of it. A part of it is fear. Well, fear is absolutely. a huge factor. Again, it's, it's a very good point. The fear, the shame, the guilt. We talked about that in, this week as well. Yeah. But it comes down to getting, you know, the. if I could wave them, if I, if I was the fairy godmother, that <laughs> or would be fairy godfather. Okay. Okay, fairy godfather. And I had a magic wand and I could, you know, just whack people with a little bit of, Godfather energy. Kind of like whack-a-mole? <laughs> well, no. A very <laughs> nice energetic infusion. Okay. I would want them to get to get clear about what they want. If there's one suggestion I could make, what do you want to experience? What, you know, it's not about the things. You know, the iPhone, the newest iPhone, the newest iPad, the newest computer, the newest car, the, the newest uh, training program, it's not the thing. It's what is what, what is it that you're going to experience? What do you want to experience? How is it going to positively contribute to your well-being? If we were to have a more proactive sense to evaluate things based on, is this going to contribute a net positive influence to my life? 
or is it a net negative and simply use that, the net positive and net negative, that could make a substantial difference. I've got this compass. Um, we made this compass, right. was it a year ago, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it shows all the things that are important to me. Right. Um, you know, what my base um, foundation is as far as what keeps me together and what my, my factor is that life has to be all about in order for me to feel it's meaningful and significant. Exactly. And sometimes I think about that before I leave the door mm. um, in the, uh, to go outside. And mm. um, sometimes I think about that when I'm trying to make a decision. Is this congruent with my true north? Um, but that required a big, um, uh, a lot of looking into who I was in order to come up with that compass. It took us about an hour and a half, but I had yeah. already done all the work before yeah. to try and figure it out. But um, but your you compass to, probably to today is going to be different again from what it was a year ago. It may be similar. Yeah. There's we, a lot we of change, you know. You know, it might be something to look at. But we go through these periods because we're <laughs> we're not the same people we were a year ago. I'm not the same person I was yesterday. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm a chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, what we're speaking to here, though, is I think the mental self-care, the being gentle, uh, caring, you know, and kind towards ourselves is is really, really essential. And I think we mentioned that in our last show was about the gap about self-care and self-first. Right. That is the, the way that's the key to getting through it is your number one. Think of it as three things when you're in the gap. Three things. Um, some people, uh, you know how you're, you're driving along in a car and you want to go up or downhill and you shift into second? Yeah. Um, you kind of gear down so that you got more power. Well, sometimes people, what we do is when we're in a situation or a circumstance where um, things aren't going so good, we go into survival mode or we gear down. Yeah. Um, and then there, I like to apply the thir three things, just three things yeah. rule. It's a very powerful and Strategy. The three things is what keeps life from being complex, is what keeps you your stress down. Um, the first for me, it's different for everybody, but the first thing for me is self-care. Yeah. And self-care entails a lot of stuff, so many aspects to self-care, but it's got to be number one. Right. Number two for me is relationships, you know, my relationship with you, my kids, yeah. um, that type of thing, friends. And then the third one is other, whatever it is that I need to be doing. Yeah, one um, other important, most important thing One thing today. at a time. Like when yeah. we first got together, um, that one thing I concentrated on wasn't the business. It right. was getting my, my stuff all cleared out of my apartment. Correct, the move. Um, that was the move. And then the next thing, I don't recall what it was. Um, I think it might have been health issues because yep. I had that uh, accident and trying to get my legs back That's in shape. right. So, you know, there's like one thing was my emphasis. Um, one month was designated to getting my son moved from Vancouver and getting him into Edmonton, the both boys. Right. So it was like one thing. Now, if I had been doing a whole bunch of stuff, I would have been running around like a chicken without a head. And that would have been It stressful. would have been overwhelming, would have been right. frustrating, would have been stressful. So now, um, you know, our business is uh, um, one of my number ones, but... It's not every day. 
No. We take Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off usually, and we yep. do our podcasting sometimes on the weekends. Setting and it up for the week so you guys have something to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my artwork has become very important to me. Yeah. So, and, and me too, that creative expression, that, that creative outlet. It's also very good for the brain, but that's a, I'll have to talk about story. that uh, on another day. Yeah. So, you know, keeping things simple. And when you're in the gap, it's good to just slow down and take the time to think yeah. about what it is you want to do where you've come from, where you intend to go. Because um, when you know where you want to go, the vision starts to appear. And yeah. when you have a vision, you can have plans. It's much easier to get there if you know where you're going. Yeah, it's like taking a ride um, on a plane or versus taking a car ride. Yeah. Um, you talk about this um, all the time, this analogy. You can go to Calgary, you can take a trip and say, okay, from where we are, it's an hour and a half. Let's just get in the car and let's go to uh, um, some museum. Okay, so all I need is my bottled water and my purse. Let's go. Right. Um, whereas, let's decide, let's say we're going to take a trip. We're going to go to Disneyland. Mm. Okay, well, Disneyland now, I'm going to, it's warmer there. I'm going to need warmer uh, clothes for warm weather. Is your passport up to date? I don't know. I have to go check my passport, and then yeah. I have to make sure I got all my medicine for the yeah. month. So it depends how long we're there. Yeah. Those kind of things. Now, let's say we want to go to India. Well, now we need to know stuff about culture. Yeah. Right. We Different need to know food. about is it okay for me to wear these kind of clothes? What about allergies? And we're going to be eating now. What are we yeah. going to do? So there's a whole different level of complexity. Yeah, so if you don't know what it is you want to experience, and that's the thing too, what do you want to experience? Do you want to go somewhere and be um, uh, doing water sports and stuff like that? Well, then you wouldn't just take a plane ride um, going anywhere because you might end up in Saskatchewan in the middle of a snow snowstorm, right? Or take your rubber ducky to to the to the. Uh... A puddle out the, out the front step. Rocky Rubber Ducky. <laughs> rubber Ducky, you're the one. You make bad time lots of fun. Hey, there you go. Hey, bird. Hey, bird. Hey, bird. Uh-oh. It's the, it's the descent into the... <laughs> my, my childhood. Voices, childhood voices. But, he, but you make a good point. I, I've been known to say to my clients, you can get anything you want in life. Truly, you can, but you first need to know what you want. And that sounds simple, but it's not. It's because we've denied ourselves and we've, because of the paradox of choice, it's easier just to allow life to unfold than it is to actually commit to something and do something and to drive the car where you want it to go. You can't drive the car passively. You can't ride a motorcycle passively. You can't ride a bicycle passively. You have to be involved. And life is like a bicycle. You, 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 even when you fall down, you still got to get back on the bicycle if you're going to ride home or you're going to leave the bicycle behind or, or you're going to carry the bicycle instead of it carrying you. The same way, by choosing what you want and deciding where you want to go, it's going to take you there. It's the bicycle that helps you get there. I think we have a lot of roadblocks in the sense that um, uh, 
we are attached to stories. Stories like, oh boy. Um, yeah. you know, like, okay, let's say you want to make a certain amount of money. Let's say because you want to have some financial independence yeah. um, later on in your life. And, um, but you say to yourself, well, my family never went to school. Or we just don't do that. You know, my, my dad, yeah. he never made this much money. He always worked um, his, you know, really hard rather than smart. He worked hard. Yeah. And this is the only way to do things. And you, you, you get this attachment to um, why you think you can't have something. Right. Um, so sometimes we're our own barrier to dreaming. Right, and and we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Actually, old stories okay. and new stories. And, oh, okay. Uh, where we we're going to talk about the fact tomorrow. We're going to talk about the fact that you can actually yes, you can revive, re-engineer, and revitalize your life or your business, no matter where you're at, no matter what your age, sex, or education. You can change your life. You can change your business, and there's but there are some things that are required to do that. But I think the thing that I'd like to finish up with here, Amy, is the fact that self-care, self-first is not selfish. And that, the, you know, if you really want to change the temperature and the quality of your life, give yourself permission to develop a self-care, a self-care mindset, to develop a, an awareness around self-care. Because if you don't do it, there's such an assault on your attention between Facebook, social media, and the computer you carry in your pocket called a smartphone that's connected to everything and everybody all the time. There's such an assault for our attention, but it's actually not for our attention. It's for our information so they can twist and, and try to psychologically manipulate us. But that's a conversation another article another thing that I'm working on uh, that we're working on in our business but this think... thing about first um, self first mm -hmm. and taking care of yourself when I had a business back uh, in 2006 to 8 um, I was running around like all the time working so hard there was yeah. so much to do when you first open a business mm -hmm. and I didn't take care of myself as much. I wasn't eating as well. Mm. I didn't sleep enough. I didn't make time to go to the gym. Um, I wasn't taking time to be with friends. I was just workaholic, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was working in the business rather than yeah. on the business most of the time. And I didn't um, uh, delegate a lot of the work. And so I got myself sick. And I was living on Tylenol for right. pain in my stomach, which of course Tylenol makes your stomach worse. Mm. And I, I felt like I had an ulcer. I didn't though. I was sick all the time and then I started being tired and, yeah. and it was like I drained and then I wasn't any good for the business. I was difficult to deal with. It was with this downhill employees. slope, right? It was like a, a, a negative feedback kind of yeah. thing. It was yeah. like spiraling down slowly. And the only way that I was able to bring myself back up was to start doing the things, get into cause to get myself better. And then when I started, I just took a few steps, just a few, and each step, you know, maybe take an extra time to make yourself a better lunch or when you go to work. And um, I got a refrigerator so I could, in the office, so that I could put food in there and, and doing those things. And I started getting better again. And so my clarity was better yeah. because my body was feeling better. 
um, and emotionally too. If you're if you're feeling really distraught and you go to work, like how do you work? Have you ever done that where you try to go to work and you, how do you work when you're feeling stressed and you got other things on your mind? You know, yeah. you're worrying all the time. Right. So, um, so you ended up in this downward spiral, but the, you had to break that cycle. Is that the, well, I got to the point of where um, I had to, or things were just gonna, the business wasn't gonna do well anymore. Right. And there's the pressure to come up with your, your lease, your rent, and yep. the pressure to pay your employees. So you have to have a certain amount of customers coming in. and. You so there's external pressure, there's internal pressure, because your own expectations of yourself. But I tried doing all the work, I tried to be productive, and I wasn't able to do any of it because I wasn't congruent inside. That's a very good point. So I think we should, I think that's a great place for us to kind of wind this up and kind of summarize. Okay. Sure. Because we started this about being stuck in the middle, right? Being stuck in between, in the gap between where, you know, this is where I am and this isn't where I want to be, but I want to be somewhere else. I want to experience something different. So if you're wondering what's next, like there's four tips that I that we would suggest for oh, you. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. What you just said, okay. congruent, self-care. Because okay. it, 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 to be, if you're not looking after yourself, your basic needs, being care, kind, caring, gentle, and loving towards yourself, how congruent is that? It's incongruent, actually, I would say. The other, the other so that's one C, congruent. The second C, clarity. Whatever you do, if you're confused, get clarity. The opposite of confusion is clarity. And number three is be curious. Be open. Be curious. And you said it as well. A, B, C. Always be at cause. You know, so we covered a lot of ground here today. Uh, we've given you a lot of food for thought. A lot of stuff to think about. But the truth is, is that all of it is within your control. You're the one that's going to decide where to place your attention. And we suggest the most powerful place you can do that is to get clear about your intentions. And the way you're going to do that, get congruent, get clarity, be curious, and always be a cause. So stay tuned for tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about how you can revive, re-engineer, and revitalize your life no matter where you're at. And uh, thanks for listening. You can find us on life, uh, anchor.fm slash life dash origami, I believe it is, at life origami on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook at life origami. And hey, we have a website. <laughs> I forgot about that. Lifeorigami.com. <laughs> Big surprise. Yeah, if you're listening to this <laughs> and, and you're listening to an ex excerpt of this on social media, you can also find us on Apple iTunes podcast uh, directory under uh, uh, Life Origami. And uh, if you want to talk, you have any questions, you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. You can email greg at lifeorigami.com, G-R-E-G at L-I-F-E-O-R-I-G-A-M-I. Dot com and uh, you can also reach Amy there and you can also hey we've got lots of ways to contact us you, there's this thing called the OFT the old-fashioned telephone I like to call it except it's not dial 
No, it's a touch tone. Did I say <laughs> dial? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not a dial forward. It's a, it's a smartphone. Uh, so uh, you can call us at 403-307-8281. And remember, your life is in your hands. And you have control if you just take the reins. Namaste. Hey. Hey.